Right, so we're here today with uh, Guy Farrow, who's been in Sun um, going back to, I think he started in, in 1994 was the first year you entered. That's right. Oh, goodness me. Uh, so, and we've actually got that sunbook in front of us. And one of your shots is, is quite a, a very colourfully blue shot. Mm. And it's one of those telescopes, is it, on a, on a pier somewhere? It is, yes. It's, for, uh, it's one of those, uh, I think it was a 10-piece slot machine that you could view boats and sewage and God knows what else to see. So uh, Where was the pier? That was in uh, Bangor in Wales. In the early days, brings back fond memories, but uh, the days of film, shooting on tungsten film to achieve that effect. and Hence the blue, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None of this auto-white balance anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> In those days, I should say. <laughs> but locations have featured quite, uh, quite strongly in uh, all the work that you've got into Sun over the years, hasn't it? It has, yes. It's, uh, it's been quite successful, really. I think a mixture of personal and uh, commissioned work which I've been quite fortunate to get in some. I mean, we've got, uh, this is well, sort of skipping forward now to 2003. We'll have some of these images embedded in the uh, podcast if you're listening on iTunes. If you're not listening on iTunes, then you can actually go onto the Sun website and go back through the archive and see some of these images. They're all listed under the photographer's names. But this one, 2003, I mean, it, it looks somewhat... I don't know whether it's French or whether it's just those nice little garden chairs in the picture that make me think it's French. It's actually uh, New York, oh, C- right. Central Park, on a, uh, a lovely rainy day. Because I think the is it the next image here, and that actually looks like the Metro. It, uh, again, yes, it's the, uh, the New York Underground. That's what I spent. Because uh, it says Avenue. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, bit, a bit of a giveaway. I mean, I thought it was the, the New, New York Underground first, and I thought, oh, wait a minute, hang on. Yes. <laughs> So, so are these locations which you've actually gone out and researched, or were they parts of jobs? Did somebody else find them? Um, that was actually part of a, an early commission I had for, for BT. I had a, a couple of commissions which were nice to go around uh, New York, Italy, and places like that doing personal work, basically, to get nice pictorial landscapes, people shots. So basically, I was fortunate enough to go to New York for a week, um, basically just do shots in the rain, which was nice, and in January. Oh, well, that's not so bad. Yeah. Oh, I never got paid to go to New York. <laughs> the farthest I got was, was traipsing around the whole of London. <laughs> but no, I mean, the, the, the budget was very uh, very tight with it being one of my uh, first jobs. So, so was... how many how many images did you have to come up with? Uh, six. Six, and then one for, oh, one for Venice, which was good, which was um, a bit of a Doug-style um, oh, right. boat. So, uh... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Venice is a popular for-location work, isn't it? It is, yeah. This one we're looking at is... Um, 2005 and it looks like an English landscape somewhere. It was, it was a funny one that. We actually were doing a shoot for Booper. Um, we had, I think it was a three day shoot in Old Place of Scarborough and basically we went over there and we'd, we'd had something like 20 models and we were shooting them on the fairground and uh, just lifestyle general shots and we were actually shooting on, on the pier at this time and literally out of the corner of my eye I saw those two people sat on the beach. That's not set up, that's actually a a genuine shot. And the amount of people actually come up and say, you know, it must have taken ages to, to, to set it up. And literally, I couldn't believe my eyes. That is a genuine Scarborough loving couple on holiday. So was that personal? Did that actually? That's personal. That's per- I, I was, did I was, you get I, used in the campaign. No, I was. I, no, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't think that would sort of fit uh, Booper's well, strap lines. I, <laughs> well, poss- possibly not. But I have to say, I did think when I saw that. Oh, that really is part of a campaign. Well, it, it does. <laughs> that, 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 that's the thing. That's almost one of those shots where you want to put a catchment underneath. You know, this is a, 
a real life shot. It's uh, no, it's quite bizarre to be honest, but uh, that's Scarborough for you, I guess. Oh, and there were there were two other images which really stood out in that year for me, and they're these. There's one with a hedge, but they're, but they're very much the same colours. Oh, yes. And this one, which is the caravan with the red, red loudspeakers. Again, that was um, a personal a personal shot. That's actually my brother's stag do. And we're on a day, was not, that where you stayed, or was that a stag do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my accommodation for the weekend. It's, uh, no, but we're, we're actually on the way down to, um, to Abbasop for, for a weekend and, uh, and, and literally stumbled across that on, on the main road. And it's one of those opportunities you can't miss, really. And, the, and there was one which was a, a road sign in a hedge as well. Yeah, that, that was the same. No, no, that was um, actually a commission. Again, a lovely, a lovely open brief for um, an agency, Prego. Basically, they said, um, take shots around Ilkley, where they're based, of, of the environment around Ilkley to sort of conjure up, if you like, comical shots of the area. Um, right. And, the, you know, the various shots of crumpled up beer tins in the road. And I just thought that was quite nice. Sort of tongue in cheek. Because those two shots, I mean, the one with the road sign in the hedge and the one with the caravan and the red loudspeakers, I think they were both featured in the Sun Special That's Edition, right. Limited Edition. Yes. And they yes. look very much like a pair. They do, they do, don't they? No, it's, uh, to, to be honest, I think they're shot within sort of a month of each other. Maybe I had the same sort of. You had your eye know. in. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is, they, 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 they do sit quite well, don't they? Colour wise and style wise, it's. Uh, but no, it's, it's, I don't know, you sort of get a feel for, for shots, don't you? And you go through phases, and I suppose the, the connecting thing with those two is a almost tongue-in-cheek, comical yeah. play on pictorial record, if you like, but it's uh, yeah, they're quite funny funny shots. Another couple of images which sort of really stuck out for me that are also in, in the various Sun books, and this one's 2006. You've got the guy uh, who's, who's obviously a champion onion grower. Yes. Now, that was that was a lovely job, actually, for um, one of these, I think it was Junction 24, one of these outlet sale places, designer outlet shops. And basically, it was a billboard campaign, and it was an agency in London. And they called me up and said, we, again, we need a, a series of shots for a billboard campaign of real people within the area. So they basically said, put some feelers out. You know, who could you locate in, let's say, Bradford, Wakefield, Leeds, with any personality or any you know, charming occupations. Um, and this guy, Bill, was, believe it or not, the world's biggest onion grower. So I went and saw him, wrecked the location myself. And it turned out it's quite a quite an interesting location with thousands of oversized onions covered in talcum powder, which is uh, slightly bizarre. Oh, <laughs> right. Onion growers get up to all sorts of things, don't they? Absolutely. <laughs> so you need to scatter some, uh, some talcum powder on your garden to, uh, to make it grow. Oh, we were talking about gardens before. I have to remember that tip. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and as well, it's a bit, bit more formal. And I mean, this looks very much like a, a campaign shot. I mean, it's uh, very much an advertising shot. It was, it? yeah. It was. Um, that, that was actually for a fashion brand, uh, and basically uh, a bit of a cheated, cheated shot. Basically, we had to find a location, shoot, shoot it separately, um, and then shoot the model in studio because, unfortunately, of uh, insurance limitations and. Public liability and all that business. So we, we actually, where was the location? Actually, in London. It's an architect's office. So we uh, we managed to. Uh, You'd never have guessed that. I mean, it looks more like a modern airport. I know it does, doesn't it? There was a bit of comping involved, but it uh, it sort of set a background and a structure for the shot, which worked well. So knowing where to find, you know, impressive or very specific types of um, settings, whether they're outdoor locations or whether they're in buildings mm. or building, you know, exteriors of buildings. I mean, do you find that you know, you've got your own sort of database in your head of quite a lot? Because obviously you're going around the country and abroad, um, but I suppose, you know, England, 
you'll know a lot better. Do, do you know places yourself, or are you relying on other people to point you in the right direction? I, 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 I think I went through a process in the early days of budgets and all that business, and still to an extent now of you know the limitations of budgets, having to go and find locations yourself. And I think you know traveling as much as as you do in this in this job, you get to see things and and you record them and. I do try and keep some type of pictorial record of you know different locations, which might be good for one shoot or another. Um, but of course, the difficult bit is then getting the inroad. You know, if you see something in the middle of nowhere, let's say an oil rig that you fancied doing the shot on, it's actually getting the inroads to actually use that location, which is a problem. Are you finding that there are more location finders out there these days? Or I mean, I know I used to have location finder local to me, mm. which was slightly unusual here because we're a bit out in the sticks. <laughs> but I mean, it's it okay because location finders are always trawling the country and they usually have specific geographic areas which they're specialists in, yes. aren't they? Yeah, there are. But they were always sort of like one-off people. Yeah, it seems much more of a broader spectrum now. I mean, I, I don't know if that's an internet tool or... Or whether or not there's, there's more and more people doing it, but it's certainly if if, if you click into Google and, and look under Location Finder or Scout, they're certainly more accessible. And of course, again in this digital era, we've got things like the website, which you know they they can put a full database of shots up, which are more accessible, uh, obviously you know quicker and easier to access rather than just sending a scout out all the time for, for specific locations. So, are there a number of location? finding companies that you can go on their website and you can trawl through their um, set of images which they've got on record there and, and yeah. sort of get things down to a short list. Yes, and to, to be honest with you, this sounds a bit, maybe a bit anal, but when I have quite a minute or two, I generally flip, you know, flip through sort of the top ten, if you like, and pull images from each one and put them into files because, you know, everything's last minute and somebody might call you and say, you know, we need a, an old wooden gym. So I can click on my database and look into those and then refer to the location company. Um, but yeah, they, they are so accessible, location recce shots now, online with these people. It does make life easier, almost spot for choice, really. So presumably that works abroad as well? It does, yeah. You, um, or is, or is it a, a, a growing thing in the UK and everywhere else is catching up? No, well, I mean, the prime example is Cape Town. You know, places like Cape Town and Miami where, where we do shoots to avoid this lovely weather. Um, and I've, I've been involved in a few productions out there and it's just so easy to do, you know, from a full thing from casting models, locations, uh, full production uh, facility. And it's, you know, you, you can almost plan um, everything from the UK, your laptop, um, with a production company out in, let's say, Cape Town, so you, you, you'd pick a nice location on their website and then ask them to do, go and do a pre-recce of you know, d- different angles. Then, obviously, they can su- supply you with which way the location's facing, mm-hmm. so you know where the sun's going to rise and set. And basically, you go out with that full knowledge of location before you get there, which is fantastic. All you need is the sunshine and you're away. In the past, I've been heavily involved with location finding, and I have to say, I used to really enjoy it. It's almost that excitement of stumbling across, you know, the ideal location. It's the hunter so, instinct. It is, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sorting logistics and, and almost doing the whole job lot, and it's almost a challenge, isn't it, to find that location. And mm. But I think it's difficult nowadays, It's that, without sounding too old-fashioned, it's all, I think in the last sort of 10 years, it's all changed where... Again, you could go to a location, let's say an old school, and say, you know, do you mind me coming along next Tuesday to do a half a day shoot? And, you know, they'd almost be flattered by the fact that you wanted to use their place. Now, ka-ching, it's money all the way. Everybody seems to have latched onto, you know, photo shoot equals money. And 
especially if you're shooting big brands as well. You know, that makes a difference. Mm. You know, if you're saying, you know, we, we need to turn up with two Porsche Carreras next week for a, for a Porsche magazine. Well, you know, where's my cut? It's a... Uh, yeah. Every, every it's a bit more just, savvy. Yeah, it is. Savvy, Everybody's wised up to it, but uh, but no. Going back to finding locations yourself, I, I I used to love it, and I think you know one day I might go back to that in my retirement, <laughs> <laughs> wandering around London looking for uh, for iconic buildings and God knows what else. Or maybe better wandering around Italy or oh France. yes, that'd be nice. <laughs> Another lovely shoot I, I had uh, last year for Britannia Building Society. Um, myself and Jeff Smith actually were pulled in uh, to share the job because there's that much to shoot. Uh, very last minute job, um, I think we were pulled in on the Friday afternoon, uh, briefed, and basically the brief was uh, they needed iconic landscapes, uh, there was various briefs on each one, but basically to get the Britannia red on uh, an area of a shot, whether it be steps to a building or a bridge, uh, and basically I think we had something like uh, 15 shots to get uh, throughout the whole of the UK and one in Ireland, we had no locations, no permission to shoot on any of these uh, landmark trusts and basically that weekend was spent on Google emailing frantically location finders who of course were unavailable that weekend and myself and the art director sped up to Aberdeen straight away on the Sunday morning literally just trying to find iconic places we, we shot the fourth bridge but the, the, the problem with that was it's okay just turning up and shooting but obviously we've these again were a billboard campaign so we needed permission from the people, which was an absolute nightmare. You know, usually these things take a week to 10 days to sort out. So were you able to do those permissions after the shoot? Um, we, we, we tried a combination of things because basically we had to drive. I think we were averaging literally something like 500 miles a day. We'd set off, you know, four o'clock every morning, recce literally places, but we had no idea. You know, we went all up the, the, the coastline of Scotland, uh, trying to find cottages with steps. Um, without you know lampposts and God knows what else, which was an absolute nightmare. Um, mm. But trying to sort locations, get permission of course from all the householders who weren't in because they're at work. <laughs> so so, so it's a combination of us doing that and throwing some of the responsibility onto the count handler. But these shots needed to be signed off within the week, so it's literally a, a challenge Annika type situation. And one one of the situations actually, we 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 ended up going from Scotland and ending up in Cheshire, and we ended up shooting a cottage in che- in Cheshire with some steps going up. Uh, a row of four cottages, I think it was, and three of the people were in. We got all the documentation signed. One of them wasn't, of course, is a guy wised up in the record industry, I think he was. <laughs> and we managed to get a, a signature off him, but of course he, he wanted more money and he was really playing the game. Well, obviously you've got a, a fair amount of retouching going on with this Britannia Red, which is colouring all the, the central sort of feature of each shot. Yes. Um, but, I mean, couldn't you you'd use the retouching to get rid of the lampposts and um, so on and so forth? We had so many shots to, to go into production that week and to hit the billboard schedule that... You just didn't have time. Uh, um, but, but there were minor tweaks. There were minor tweaks on the... I mean, literally on the on the landscape of uh, Ribblehead Viaduct I've done with the bridge. They, they took a sheep out in the foreground, which I love, but uh, <laughs> they, they ended up taking that out and everything else was shot in camera on that one. It was just colouring the bridge up. Right. Um, but there were a couple of bits, you know, litter and things that they took off the road, and you know, minor retouching. But uh, but the majority of those were actually all shot in camera, so uh, it was quite a challenge. I have to say, I do find Photoshop's healing brush very good for taking out sheep. <laughs> Are location shots always at the last minute, or is is it that you know some shots you've actually got a, a decent lead in time, and it's it's just others which are last minute? To be honest, the majority of shots. 
but I do nowadays. Commissions seem to be very last minute. I mean, a two-week grace for me would be good. I mean, f fashion location work, I think you get a bit more of a lead time because they'll pre-plan a season ahead. But I don't know if it's the same with other people, but the majority of times now, I mean, deadlines have always been tight, but for some reason I think we're getting tighter, which is where location production companies come in. Yeah, so, so, so guys like Nick Jones. Yeah, yeah, Nick. We we, we use we use Nick a lot in yeah. northern locations. So. Yeah, so, so, so we, we'll we'll call up frantically on a Friday afternoon, which we do regularly with him. Um, I'm sure he thinks when my mobile comes up on his, he's <laughs> <laughs> the element of panic. Generally, you know, it's a, a Friday afternoon call. You know, can we get to a location Tuesday? And of course, then it's over to him to liaise with the homeowners and mm. make sure that uh, somebody will be there for us and the logistics. Because that one you talk about with the, with the steps and all the different householders yes. that you have to do. Yes. I mean, you really need um, bodies actually on that job. Oh, you do. You do. That out. You do. Well, particularly with that one. Uh, I mean, the majority of them were actually landscape in the middle of nowhere shots. But that one that Cheryl sorted for me, um, she sent an assistant at something like six o'clock in the morning to actually cone the street off mm. so we didn't have any cars in the shot. So it's, it's, you know, whilst we were jetting down from Aberdeen, it was just a logistical nightmare, but it's great having somebody that you know is going to be on location sorting those those little bits which make all the difference really on the on the end shot. From what I remember, I think Cheryl contacted the local council and they were okay with it and bless her, she went and knocked on, on the whole street and said, you know, we're going to be doing a oh, shoot tomorrow. Oh, that's fantastic. Which is great, you know. Uh, but that's something I couldn't do based up, you know. Oh, no, no, you absolutely no way I could And bless her, Cheryl, you know, I think it took three days of knocking on doors to... I mean, I know I've, I've sort of uh, combed off a, a section of a street yes. for like an hour. Yes. Just time enough to actually get a shot. <laughs> and, and, you know, and uh, I've had a few cones in the back of the car and we've just gone oh, absolutely. and whizzed off. Yes. Before anybody's noticed. Well, that's it. But, but nowadays, of course, I mean, but there was one in uh, particular I did a shoot for Direct Line. Um, again... This was for a London agency, actually. Again, a billboard campaign, so it needed to be the right location. And literally, I recced or got location production people from London to Scotland to try and find right, lo right locations. So it looks like a sort of uh, a port side. It's actually Leeds. Shed. Leeds, literally 100 yards around from my old studio. Mapgate, right. a very, very rough area of Leeds. Because it's leading down a road in the, in the, in the distance. Uh, oh, yeah, I see. There's, I think that's a hospital, actually, there, in the there, background, got glowing... Uh, Glowing away on a foggy. I was, I was mistaking them for for cranes because because when you go right. down the dot road in Liverpool, you see so many things like that. You yes. know. Yes. Uh, yeah. But that was uh, that was a similar one actually, where the art directors flew up from London, and I had to go on a cherry picker for this shot. Um, I think we shot at something like ten o'clock at night, and we literally combed the end of a road off. So what was the brief for that? Um, basically, there was, there was a series of shots. There was, there was a couple we did in the Lake District, which is basically been abandoned in places where you wouldn't want to get stuck in. Right. Um, and it's the security of having somebody to come and rescue you and, you know, being there in 15 minutes flat and all that business. So it's basically shooting a broken down car in derelict places. Mm. Um, but that, again, you know, we turned up, put two cones at the top of the road, thinking it'd be nice and quiet, got the cherry picker out, and of course, from nowhere, 25 cars turn up and a a drug addict throwing bottles at me up the cherry picker, and it's just those logistics which, you know, really make shooting hard work. It really, uh, really did throw a spanner in the works. But at the end of the day, we got the shot. Do you ever come up against, um, you know, like the police turning up and going, oh, no, no, you can't do that here? Right? Oh, absolutely. But, well, it's, it's a general nowadays job worth, isn't it? I mean, we get it all the time. I was shooting in Dublin two weeks ago. You know, prior to the shoot, we'd emailed the, the local council that we wanted to shoot on this particular stretch of land, got the email back, that's fine, got the permits back, turned up on the shoot, I was, I was using some lighting on the location and models, 
makeup artist, probably about 15 people on the shoot, and uh, turn up there, and of course, big Jobsworth comes out, and you know, we, sh we show him the permit, he doesn't know anything about it, so no, he can't shoot it, and it just, you know, it, an hour and a half later of wangling and calling people, oh yes, it's alright to do, but it's just the, the logistics and the, the hassle of doing it, which uh, makes things like that hard work. So moving on, you've got uh, a landscape picture on the next one. Yes. What's the story behind that one? That was shot probably five years ago, actually. That was, a, again, a nice job for uh, Bentley Motorcars, for their calendar. Um, we had a series of 12 shots to do. And basically, one particular client of Bentley's who bought you know three or four cars a year off them, lived in the highlands of Scotland in a remote house. So basically, they wanted uh, pinpoint shots to actually get to the heartstrings of these people and buy another car. <laughs> Great advertising. So, so basically, the brief was to find um, find a, a father and a son for, for some reason to, to to be on a rock face looking at a, a house on on the coastline and actually set location finder Elsa Reed off on her off on her travels to find try and find somewhere not that far up because the, the art director didn't want to travel that far, unfortunately. But uh, that was up in uh, the northeast coast, just below below Newcastle, and she came back with a series of shots and. You know, Polaroids in those days, and straight away the art director said that's the one. So we, we trundled up there, stayed in a lovely uh, haunted pub the evening before, and uh, got the shot at four o'clock in the morning. So, how, how long did it actually take her to, to recce that shot and get this stuff down? I, I think it took it took a good week. That was a tiny little um, cove, which it would be very difficult. It's sort of 15 miles off a beaten track, but you'd have to go on a, a B road to find that place. God knows how she did, but um, a nice little job, that. Uh, what's the next picture you want to tell us about? Ah, uh, well, there's, um, there's, there's, there's probably another one which featured in uh, Shot Up North, I think, two years ago. Um, yeah. Which, again, was a nice little job. Um, left to my own devices, again, for um, an estate agent, Morgan's. Basically wanted a series of shots to go in their windows. Almost quirky, gritty, Martin Parr-style, if you like, um, shots. I thought the idea was, you know, originally we, we talked about location finders of finding these, these gritty houses, but, you know, it made sense to use houses which they had on their books. We ended up turning up at these locations, doing a quick recce and, and finding sort of uh, strange areas of the houses where we could shoot and get interesting pictures for the, <laughs> uh, for the windows of Morgan's. I mean, this looks like a very sort of, you know, sort of 1960s. Yeah, yeah pictures. Seventies, sort of. It was, yeah. In, in fact, it's an old deer like, who lived on carpet. It was, yeah, and it stank. Bless her, but okay. <laughs> it was one of those houses. But uh, but yeah, pictures of old postcard pictures of Burntall. But uh, I mean, everything was as you know, as it was shot. It was literally turn up and and shoot them. But yeah, you, you sort of see some sights. That's the beauty of doing shoots like that. I think you, you get to see things that you wouldn't normally get to see. Really, intruding on people's houses for an afternoon and. Uh, listening to their life stories and taking pictures whilst you're at it. You're talking about doing locations abroad like South Africa. Yes. I mean, how often do you go out there to shoot? Probably twice a year. We're just uh, trying to sort one at the moment, actually. It's a toss-up between Argentina or Cape Town. You almost feel like Cape Town's slightly overused, but it has everything there that you could possibly want to do a shoot, really. So what what's the criteria you're looking at? Because to me, sort of Argentina sounds quite different to Cape Town. You know, I'm trying to convince the art director it'd be good to go there because I think it'd be a lovely place to shoot. Um, just for the styles, it, it, it's for a fashion shoot actually, and it's for a summer campaign. So obviously we're reliant on the weather. Uh, we don't want to go down the studio route. So it's a matter of going somewhere with lovely colours and character and guaranteed sunshine really for for a week shoot. 
but again, I'm in the process of communicating with um, you know, half a dozen production and location companies from each country, literally just to see what we come back with, and you know, if it has the right feel, then then we go there, and right cost, of course. But of course, it, I mean, I hate to say the beauty of Cape Town is it's so cheap. You know, it, we actually did a shoot there last last Christmas, and it was cheaper to shoot out there. Uh, with a full production, fly business class, stay in a lovely hotel. It was actually cheaper to shoot out there than it was to shoot in the UK with buyouts and location hiring. And it's just That's so cheap. You know, they ran, it was shoots, I think it was something ridiculous, like £7,000 cheaper to actually fly out and be spoiled for a week. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you do wonder as well with, with um, you know, exchange rates being, you know, not so favourable to, to the pound at the minute. And absolutely. the fact you can still do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? Really, I mean, it's. Uh, but I hate to say it's, it's the main thing is the sunshine, isn't it? Really, and it's it, it makes or breaks a shot. You know, it's it's a no brainer. Really, it's just so easy to do, and you know, people have been going to places like Miami, Cape Town for the last twenty years. Yeah, and people are these production companies and camera hiring companies are so au fait with it now. You know, it's just second nature. You know, they just know where everywhere is, and anything can be sorted at the drop of a hat. And then you got to do the, uh, the hard bit and take a picture. But, uh, <laughs> I got a, a last-minute call to do um, the front cover shot for the um, FA Cup final of a new Wembley from Umbro. And basically they, they were um, producing the ball for the actual final uh, and they wanted a science lab scenario to, um, to shoot the ball in. Again, I think it was a Friday afternoon call, needed shooting on Monday and, of course, going to print on Wednesday. So I need to tr- try and find, uh, you know, I, I teed with the idea of set building and this, that and the other, but trying to get the props of set builder in time was no-go. So we ended up, again, on the internet, really, um, and via location companies to see what they could come up with. And one came up with a, a science lab in Nottingham. So again, he, he fired through shots he had of that location, and we, we had to interpret that and think, you know, what can we do with this, what can we do with that? Because they, they wanted to drop a shot of Wembley, through the window to make it look like the the lab was at the Wembley ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So of course, when you've got such time constraints, there's no time for retouching apart from dropping the shot in the window. Of course, you want everything as perfect at location as possible. So again, we were quite lucky. The location finder came up with the um, bright location, and we were trundling down the M1 first thing Monday morning to shoot. We were talking to Nick Jones um, before, and and he was saying that he has quite a good relationship with I mean a lot of cities now have a film department yes yes and uh, which is, which is there to sort of smooth the production for for film tv and stills as well I guess yeah um, certainly they seem to, to work on that level and you know he's got quite a good relationship with those I mean I know London is very tight uh, in terms of permits and going into parks and mm. uh, shooting on the streets and things like that I think Paris is as well isn't it yes Paris ridiculous yeah. so actually having that relationship with somebody who has a relationship with those key departments is, is quite important oh, it's it? paramount really I mean it's it's first first point of contact so, to be honest I think that's probably the hardest thing about getting permission to shoot at location is to actually track down the person who's in charge uh, you know inevitably they're away at lunch or on holiday and you know, you, you can call these council people up, and a lot of them, because of the nature of the business, they don't understand what you're actually trying to do. Mm. If you call up saying, you know, we want to turn up with 15 people to do a photograph, they're sort of saying, well, just do it then. But you know that you have to go through the, the, the different departments to actually get the authority, and it's trying to, you know, speak to these people on a level plane and explain the whole situation, which becomes a, a nightmare. And, of course, if you've got somebody like Nick who's got relationships with people, 
you know, he knows where to find them. They know what he needs things for. They understand the business, and away you go. Saying that, we do, we do, we do use quite a lot of locations inside household locations for lifestyle shoots, um, bedding companies, where more and more people are wanting to shoot on location, and, and personally I am, uh, to achieve a real shot. You know, you do do studio sets as well for these clients, but they always, you can always tell, can't you, the, the daylight feel. Or what, the, what's the proportion of location work to studio sh- uh, shooting that you do then? I'd, I'd probably say it's probably about, at the moment, probably about... 60% location. They're quite um, heavy proportion. It yeah. is. I mean, like I say, I used to do a lot of set building, but I mean, we, we still do, but I try it where, where possible to shoot on location because it makes the shot look more authentic and real. And it, for me, you can always tell a studio shot. Does shooting digitally make it easier to shoot on location now? So you can capture that quality that you're talking about and yet get over some of the problems? I think digitally in general, it's made life a lot easier for a lot of people in different ways, but. Uh, but I think it does, yeah. I mean, it's everything's a lot quicker, and it's uh, it, it does tend to work better. Do you always shoot digital, or, or is there still film coming into the equation? I, I wish, I wish there was. I, I sort of got dragged into it reluctantly about well, six, seven years ago, uh, from a client who you know wanted me to go down that route. And to be honest, I, I do enjoy shooting digitally, and it's I think the quality's great now, um, and I love what you can do with it. But uh, I, I do miss shooting film. It's just a shame, but it's not as available and obviously the prices are higher now but it would be great to go back to a to shooting a film job and I'm not sure I'd know how to uh, load a film back to be honest that's a worrying thing but uh... I know there's certain digital processes people going you know well if you get it like that and then you're really getting that sort of film grain sort of quality coming in there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> about how many times a year are you going to or you know what percentage of the shots that are actually going to involve a location finder do you think Probably about eighty percent of my location work, I'd, I'd contact immediately location location finders or email half a dozen, just to see what they've got, and then I'll trawl through my database. I, I I tend, if I can, to rely on location finders just purely because of the logistics and the the ease, really. The time saving is obviously oh, sort absolutely. of a, a huge saving on the budget. Absolutely, yeah, it is. It is. It's. Uh, I mean, I mean, clients are now. You know, when, when you put your quote together and you put location finder, location recce, you know. I think it takes some sometimes from from one inexperienced, if you like. I think they find it hard to justify that to the client, but it is a necessity, really, which makes the whole job run smoothly. Which is uh, what we're after at the end of the day, really, isn't it? An easy day out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been a really interesting look through uh, quite a lot of work, I think. Yes, and some interesting stories about how the the images have been derived and just where they come from. <laughs> that's great to talk to you, Guy. Thank you. You too. Cheers. Cheers.